Hey, everybody. Mark Hope with The Mark Hope Show. And uh, we have a very, very special guest on the show tonight. His name is Scott Jean Claus, and he's a, he's been a police officer for over 20 years. He was a firefighter before that. Uh, small business owner on a couple of different small businesses and and just an all-around just great guy and a good friend. He is actually on the show tonight because of a near-death experience he had to a traumatic uh, car accident. And we're going to talk to Scott about, you know, what that took out of him and surprisingly what that gave to him. And, you know, in regular Mark, show, Mark Hope Show fashion, we we like to see those champions that overcome those adversities. And, and Scott's going to tell us that, you know, about all the things that he learned going through that experience. And hopefully in the telling, we're going to learn something that we can use in our lives. And we really appreciate you coming out here, Scott. Thanks for, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Mark. I'm really excited to be on the show tonight. Appreciate you having me on. Scott Jean-Claus has been a policeman for over 20 years, right, Scott? 26 years. And we've got some cop stories that we're going to tell you. But one of the main things that we're going to do is, is since we like to talk about overcoming adversity on the show, we'd like to talk about uh, an accident that Scott got involved in and how it changed his life and the different things that happened and, and the different lessons that he learned from having to go through all that. And uh, then uh, we're going to have a couple of guest spots. We're going we're gonna to have a call in. Scott, introduce yourself. Yeah, my name's Scott Junklaus, and I've been a friend of Mark's and Daniel's for almost 20 years at least, and uh, real excited to be here, and glad you invited me. Thank you. You're welcome. So, Scott, let's talk about um, your, uh, you were a fireman before you were a cop. I was for two years. And then you, and then you became a police officer, and uh, you... We're coming home from uh, night out with your wife. I was. We were up the hill gambling. And then what happened? Tell us Tell us what happened. It was about 4 o'clock in the morning, and um, we were about five minutes from home. And uh, a young kid, about 27 years old, was in his father's car and was texting. And um, he ran a red light at about 60 miles per hour. And he uh, broadsided the front end of my car, my truck. And uh, we ended up flipping on the side of our, the passenger side of the truck. And so uh, we were trapped in the vehicle for about 25 minutes together. And um, it was uh, probably one of the scariest things I've been involved in. I've been involved in shooting type incidences over the 26 years and a lot of SWAT type calls and stuff. And it was probably literally the scariest thing I've been involved in in my entire life. Because you were busted up pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. So I shattered my whole right uh, pelvis and I broke my right femur and my wife had broken parts of her back and broken her sternum. And So we're in the truck, you're hanging upside down by your seatbelt. And let's cut to Tony and we'll cover it on the other end after, after we talk to him and we've got uh, him on the line. Hello. Tony. Hey, Mark. It's Mark from the Mark Hope Show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. You're you're on air on the show, and uh, we kind of interrupted the show. I I, I want to tell the listeners that I talked to you on the phone today, and you're a contractor who does a lot of uh, everything related to construction 
here in the Denver metro area, correct? That is absolutely correct. From making a I cabinet, putting in a counter. Oh, we'd love to have you on. I, as a matter of fact, you're so busy all the time that I, we, you know, I want to call you up sometimes when I have people call and ask about, you know, some of these construction things that they have in their business because a lot of realtors listen to the show. Um, but you're so busy that you're never available, except for I talked to you today about and you said that you had a client cancel on you. So yeah, you've got, what, a much. week or two weeks? Some big job cancel on you? Yeah, I had a fairly large uh, contract fall through. Um, just so you're happen. available? Yes, absolutely. I'm available. So if people are listening to this show and they have a contractor, no matter what it was, whether there's a bathroom or a kitchen or even a full house flip, you're, you and your team are ready to go to work right now. Absolutely. Tomorrow. That, that is something that doesn't that's something that doesn't happen very often. So if you guys want to get involved in a project with wall-to-wall uh restorations, this is your this is your opportunity to do that. Uh Tony, what's the phone number that people would call to have you come over and work on their stuff? Uh, it'd be 720-487-0000. And uh, as always, we're going to go ahead and put the link to Tony's uh, pages and uh, email and the, uh, the phone number in the show notes. But uh, it's just phenomenal that you're, you're available because some of these guys that are out there are just kind of shifty, huh? I know you probably don't want to say that about your, your contemporaries, but I've had a lot of contractors that don't really do what they say they're going to do. I, I hate to admit it, but I believe our industry is just on the downturn. A lot of the older generation, like during my time, I've been in the industry 25 years now, and I started off with rough framing and progressively just moved into doing drywall work, uh, flooring, tile, and then it, kitchen cabinets, bathrooms, and then it became finishing basements, um, learning how to do electrical and plumbing. That kind of just all fell into, as the years went by and I was doing the work, I just always had a belief that, yeah, I could do it. And uh, sometimes that got me in trouble. And other times, uh, I'm so glad that I said that I could do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I want to I wanna put the message out a little bit. And um, I want everybody to uh, give Tony a call if you need some work done on your, on your place. And I will uh, give... Uh, all the information out and then we'll, we'll round, we'll round back and uh, catch up with you a little bit later. And uh, anybody that needs any work done, Tony is the guy and he's available now. So if, uh, if you need anything from masonry work to plumbing, to electrical, call me or call Tony and we'll get him over there to take care of you guys. Tony, thanks for calling. Sorry, we had the technical issues and we'll, we'll get you on again real soon. No worries. Thanks for having me, Mark.
All right, buddy. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Scott, you're hanging upside down in this truck. Your wife is below you. And then what? Actually, I'm on top of my wife. And Right, but you're hanging down below her, so when you unbuckle, you actually fall down with her. Right, so I'm on top of her, and uh, she's starting to tell me how I need to raise our daughter, that she's going to pass away, and uh, she's been a police officer for just as long as I have been, and she's, uh, you know, very upset and in pain, and so I start to punch the windshield to the uh, truck, trying to get out, and I think, well, this is not going to be that big of a deal. I'm just going to stand up and open up the car door and uh, try to help my wife out, and at that time, I just couldn't move my legs at all, so I didn't know if I was paralyzed or if I uh, had what had happened, I thought either I shattered my hips or I was paralyzed. So we had to wait and, you know, some great people stopped to help us and firemen came and uh, it took them a, quite a while to get us out. But once they got us out, then we were transported to the hospital. So one second, your life was just going along and you're out on a date with your wife and then the very next second that you realize you wake up in the in the trauma unit at the hospital. Yeah. It was like that, right? Yeah, it very much was. And, uh, <laughs> I did, I, you know, at the time I thought this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. Uh, but, you know, it, it's turned out to be one of the best things that's ever happened to me, as, as weird as that sounds. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, uh, after the surgery, our, the first surgery that I had, doctor said I would never be a police officer again. I would never walk. Um, that my life would change uh, very drastically. And I didn't really want to hear any of that kind of stuff. So uh, not necessarily a quitter in my life, as you know. And so uh, things started to turn around. Uh, you know, I was on some very heavy narcotics for a long time. Uh, became very depressed. Uh, as we all know, these doctors, they just, they're not afraid to hand out narcotics and pain pills. And they didn't really know how to help. Uh, and there was some arguments between the insurance companies and whatnot about who was going to treat me. And so it was about after seven months later is when I finally got a surgeon to say, hey, you need a full hip replacement. You should have had it, you know, weeks after the accident. And uh, well, let's back up. Let's sure. back. Let's back up to the actual in the hospital. When I saw you after the accident, they had actually drilled a rod through your leg. Yeah. Through your thigh. Right. And then they had it on sandbags on the other side of this pulley thing because your whole hip joint and everything from your femur bone had gone through all the hip socket was gone. Exactly. It was exactly. just sharp bones and just what was left of your leg thing. And if any of that touched, it then was very painful. You'd pass out. Yeah, it was very painful. Very much so. And so they did meatball surgery on that whole thing first. Correct, correct. Just to kind of scotch tape that thing back together as best they could. Right. Put, and, plate, put plates in me and screws. And and so then you're, you're suffering with this great pain for five or six months until they actually do the second surgery. Correct, correct. So, so I laid in bed for, uh, as you know, probably about three or four months on heavy narcotics and um, this was, you know, my wife's such a trooper and my wife and child took care of me. And, um, this was just a time that we grew even closer after our 21 years of marriage. And it was a time where we, uh, learned how to kind of diversify our lives a little bit. And, 
um, she got better and got to go back to work and, um, it just continued treatment. And, uh, the, the weird thing, you know, one thing I want to talk about is just, again, the heavy narcotics, and then you have to wean yourself off these narcotics. It's not like you can just stop taking them one day and then, uh, you know, go back to work. So I had to wean myself, the doctors and whatnot had to wean me off these narcotics. And at that point it was just, you know, where do I take my life from here and how do I turn a negative into a positive and, uh, friends like you, I mean, we spent many nights on the phone talking and, uh, friends and family. And, uh, that's basically what got me to the point I am today. Um, and just positivity and uh, my religion and, uh, just trying to have a better outlook on not trying to look at the accident as yes, again, it was the worst thing that's ever happened to me, but it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. It showed me who my true friends were right? and, uh, showed me, uh, and it wasn't all, it was, there were some dark times in there. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. And so, um, you know, over the last, uh, still not fully healed, you know, still having a lot of nerve problems in my legs and in my hips, but, uh, and probably won't ever be. No, I don't, probably not. I mean, you always want to hope for the best, but, you know, especially as we get older and, you know, once we get beat up enough, I mean, you have to kind of realize you have to kind of finish the the race on the tires that you're on. That's right. You know? And they may be a little bald or whatever. I mean, you got to just get through it. Sure, sure. And I think that that's part of figuring out, uh, you know, what, what seasons of life that you're involved in. And I think that's probably what we're going to talk about with you a little bit is, you know, you're a hard charging police officer and you're running people down and tackling people and, and you're, you're doing all this stuff that you, you do with physical police work. And you were on the SWAT team for a number of years. And so, you know what that's like being the hero that's going in and doing all that stuff. And then you get things taken away. Right. And that's pretty frustrating. Very frustrating. Very frustrating. So I went back to work at uh, uh, full time and uh, on back on the road in January. And um, I hold the rank of a sergeant where I work and uh, things just weren't working the same. And, you know, it was harder to get in and out of the car. It was harder to uh, fight people. It was uh, uh, it was harder to basically just do my job in general. It, it would hurt to stand for more than 20 minutes. It would hurt to sit for more than 20 minutes. And in and, and all honesty, uh, just what got me, you know, through it all is, or, you know, keeps me going is not just my family. That's obviously the number one thing, my friends and my family. But um, what keeps me going the most, you know, the citizens that I work for and um, and just, you know, just again, it's just the, the, the support that I get from my friends and family is what just keeps me going. Sometimes they've had to pick up in areas where I can't do as much anymore. And there's other areas that I can pick up for them. But, you know, it's my belief as we get older in life that, uh, you know, the, the older ones provide wisdom and they provide experience and the younger ones, you know, I, I earn far less money now with my back and my strength and my body than I do with my knowledge and my experience. And, and I think, you know, that's one of the things that we all have to learn is to let the younger guys take over and do the experience gathering that they're doing 
while we're helping them along. Sure. And I believe that maybe you got thrust into that stage of life a little sooner because of that accident that you had. So now you're going to have to kind of de- depend on your wit and your will. Sure. A little bit more than maybe you were thinking about another 10 years of brawn. Right. And, and, and that kind of thing. So we get kind of prematurely driven into those parts of our life that maybe we're not ready yet. Absolutely. I think that uh, I'm sure the viewers can't tell, but I'm not a spring chicken like I used to be. And, uh, you know, I think it's just uh, you move on, like you said, and you uh, get the knowledge that you can. And, you know, uh, police work's not an old man's game. It's a young man's game. And um, that's why you see the guys moving up throughout the ranks and, you know, let the younger guys chase the guys down and stuff. So, um, you know, but honestly, it's just been. It, it, again, I've told you this before. It's just been like one of the worst things that's ever happened to me, but it's been the best thing. I mean, it's just um, given me a different outlook on life completely. Um, I used to be very stressed out about work and and all the little things in life that I couldn't control. And now I just don't worry about that stuff because it's just not important. Anything I can't control is just really not that important to me in my life. And that's huge. That's That's a huge happiness building block that you have to get a hold of. Because we're always changing, all of us, you know, everyone in the audience, you know, that's listening right now, everybody has some kind of trouble and some right. kind of thing that they're dealing with. And I lean on the, the premise of this show to be, you know, that, that rising out of adversity. That's, you know, one of the reasons that, you know, you're such a good fit on the show is because... You know, a lot of our small business people that are fighting the fight every day, people like Tony, yeah. you know, he had his whole crew and everything sidelined and ready to do jobs. And now somebody called up and canceled it. So now he's got to fight through that and then, you know, get some more work picked up and do some jobs and spread the word about what he's doing. I mean, it's always about, you know, learning and growing and responding to adversity that makes us stronger. Right. right. And um, the. uh you, you mentioned something about your faith. Um, I know kind of how you feel about things, but that, that faith got a workout. Yeah. Yeah. To say the least. When you're, when you're laying in bed. I mean, I think that there was a lot of times that uh, you were asking why me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of the people that are, that are listening to the show can identify with, you know, the why is me question. Sure. Yeah, a lot of a lot of times when I would uh, lay in bed at night, uh, when I was stuck in bed, I'd think, you know, was I a good husband now? Was I a good father? How was I going to do the things around the house that maybe I once did and I can't do now? And, uh, you know, I questioned my faith a lot. And, um, you know, I, I just, it, it's weird. Like at first I questioned my faith, but then I became stronger in my faith. And um, I, as I progressed and God gave me what I felt was the answers to uh, progress in life and overcome some of these issues that I at the time thought was a big deal. But in reality, it really wasn't that big of a deal. And again, talking with friends and family and just getting the support from church and things like that, it was it was actually a little bit easier to overcome than it I first looked like it was going to be. Well, and I and I think that there are those moments when you're like, "Why? What was me? Why? Why? Why did you pick me for this?" Let, let, let's face it, life in general is just hard to live these days. And 
you know, and whether it's making money or like you said, Tony, uh, having that adversary, adversary or something coming up, it's just, it, it's, it, the world creates challenges. In my opinion, it's just how you handle those challenges. But it makes you somebody, somebody different. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tell me about the Scott before the accident and the Scott now, eight years later. <laughs> um, yeah. The Scott before the accident was uh, pretty uptight, worried about every little thing, um, worried about if everything the day was going to go perfect. Um, that's just not really me anymore. Uh, my life now is just, don't get me wrong, I, I still want things to go good throughout the day, but um, the little things that I can't control, I've just uh, trust in my Lord and and uh, my family and things that we'll just get through it. And it's just not really that big of a deal. Um, I don't worry about money like I used to. Um, money comes and goes. And it's I've always felt like it's your family and your friends that are going to be there for you. You know, I know we all stress about like retirement and are we going to have enough money? And, you know, who are my uh friends from work going to be and who are they not going to be and truly the one thing i've learned is that uh you know your friends and your true friends and family are going to be there for you and money's just not as important as it used to be and you're a lot more relaxed very much so very much so so i feel like maybe that makes you a better dad uh, i i can more patient with your daughter and i can tell you that uh, my wife and my child have commented to me several times on they love the new me. Well, I, I, you know, I think sometimes, you know, we get trapped up in a lot of the physical trappings of the world. And, you know, we, the money is important. We have to make the money. We have to work. We have to do all this stuff. And then some of the things that are really important, like Daniel spending time with his two little girls that he has. Yeah. You got, you got a comment here. It says, Scott is a rock star. Keep on going, bud. <laughs> Thank you. I That's, like that. Yeah, yeah me too. And it's true. And you too, Daniel. I mean, you've you've got your priorities changed and and you're spending time with your little girls and you know yeah. thankfully you didn't have to get busted up in an accident for you to, to figure out what the real important things in life are. Right. You know, and maybe sometimes there's, you know, people out there in the audience that are spending too much time at work. You know, they're giving they're giving away too much stuff for their job well you know that's one of the things i realized too is that you know my little girls were growing up right in front of me and i could sort of see it every so often but i was you know you work and then now oh, it's bedtime and you see him for a little bit and and you start to think like this time isn't kind of come back right yeah you know, this is your only shot to to see them be two and three and four years old right so you better enjoy it while you can because you're only getting one one time of seeing this and that was kind of eye-opening for me as well. Well, when we hustle and we have several different jobs. I mean, everybody that wants to get somewhere is hustling. They got a side hustle. They're doing their main job. But what have I told you for years? What are the what are the three orders of priorities? God, family, and then your work. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be first. You, you really can't be first. Yeah. You don't want to be second. Right. But that third, work is important. Make sure your work is bigger than softball. Absolutely. Right. But if your family needs you or your, your kids need you or you need to be doing something like that, then there has to be balance. You know? right. and, I, and I think that that's what happens when some of these cataclysmic things happen to us. It brings balance. Absolutely. 
So maybe you were tilted all the way over on one side and, you know, you got hit by a screaming car and it knocked you back into the balance. I agree. Yeah, maybe so. I I have said for years, and and, uh, Daniel can attest to this, you know, whenever I'm talking to people about, you know, how important they are, how important I am, or, you know, how, you know, how much we need to worry about everything. Graveyards are full of indispensable people. That's right. And one day comes and the next day they're not here and we're getting along just fine. So if you if you really think that you're important, you know, just remember, you know, you can just be your your job posting will be in the I would say newspaper, but that's going to date me. But <laughs> it will be online before your obituary, you know, and we're just not all that important except for to our families. Right. Right. And the little kids. And, you know, I read something the other day that that is was really meaningful. As a matter of fact, I think I posted it on the show page. But uh, you only get to keep the things in this life that you pack away in your heart. Yeah. All the physical things, the cars, the watches, the motorcycles, all of the jewelry and the houses and the ski boats, you don't get to keep any of that stuff. Right. It's so funny you say that because, as you know, my mother-in-law just passed away last week. And uh, we talked about that, how she had her whole family around her and she felt the love as she passed away. And it had nothing to do with her cars or bank account or anything that she had made in her life of 76 years. It was the love of her friends and family that were around her. Yeah. And I'd like to ask the audience that if anybody has a near-death experience or, or anybody has gone through the traumatic injury or sickness and then come out the other side, it changes you. And I've, I've had that happen. And I, I've wondered, you know, just how long I have. And luckily, you know, I, I'm going to be around for a while, but I've, I've faced that uncertainty myself. And, and, uh, the things that I thought were really important are not very important. (laughs) And the things that, that I, I should have really, you know, been paying more attention to turn out to be the things that really are the very best. Thing. Right. Scott, to your point, my, my, uh, great, great uncle recently just passed away and he was 90 something terminal cancer. And it was, it was a, a long time coming, but in the end, um, you know, he was in a, in a hospital bed in his house. That's what he wanted. And people came and the whole family came and, and he was there a little bit. You know, but but instead of being sad and whatever, you know, he had 15 people shoved in this tiny house and they were cooking and eating and holding his hand and talking to him and telling him it was it was okay And and they were all there and they loved him and he'd squeeze back a little bit here and there. Yeah. And once once everyone went their ways, then then he passed away that very next day. But, you know, it's uh, it it was it was an interesting thing. And, you know, instead of everyone and people were sad, of course, but still. You know, just that family being together with him, I think, made it easier for him because he knew right, how many right. people were there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a powerful thing. Well, and, you know, that begs the question on should they be sad? I don't think so. I mean, I, I've always said, you know, one person's loss is another person's reunion. 
And I think that you need to celebrate the people's lives and, and show the accomplishments that they had and think about those good memories and, and not the time when the hot water heater went out and they all worried about money and things like that. And, you know, I just think that uh, it's a celebration of life and, you know, it all goes back to your religious thinking and, you know, I would never push my religious thinking on anyone, but you know, the way I feel is, you know, you're, you're, uh, that's your goal is to go be with Jesus Christ. And I think you celebrate that life and show their accomplishments in life. You know, you can either be a negative Nelly in life or you can surround yourself with positive people and positive situations. And I think your life will run pretty good. Which is huge. That's, you know, rejecting negative people and negative situations out of your life is a big tenant that I, that I cling to. I, I will not fool around with negative people. Right. Believe me, I, I do not talk to them for very long. Um, and then that makes that vortex of the positive people getting sucked into your life and your life just blossoms. Right. And, um, you know, I'm going to talk for just a second on this life or death thing. And um, I'd actually talked at length with Scott on many of those late nights, because, you know, when I asked him if there was, if there was dark times, and, and I hope he's okay if I say this, oh, of course, um, there were some very dark times and, and, you know, he didn't know if he was going to be able to, to continue on and the drugs had kind of given him a, a very loopy kind of mental state. And, uh, Depression, you can say it. <laughs> to, to put not a fine point point on it, I was worried about him. I, I was worried. I was I was so worried that you know the drugs were going to make him do something that he would not normally do. That uh, I called him, I, and I called him every single night. And, and every time I, I got done talking to him, I told him that I loved him, and then I would talk to him the next night at seven. And we talked every single night until, and I, I think that was months. That was like five or six months at least. Every single night we talked on the phone and we talked about everything. We talked about everything under the sun. Our wives were like, oh, go call your fiance, <laughs> Scott. But I, I think that was one of those otherworldly things that happened to where I really kind of felt like my friend needed me and I needed to call him. And uh, I think we kind of walked out of those dark times together. Oh, yeah. And, you know. I don't want to get too sappy here, but, you know, just for what you did for me, it's really important for people to know that if you just take the time like Mark did, yeah, I could not have made it without Mark. And, and Mark's one of my good friends, obviously. And But I couldn't have made it without you. And I mean that from my heart. We've talked about that. Absolutely. But, um, you know, it, it just takes a moment of your time. And I actually have a friend right now that I'm talking to and reaching out to that's experiencing some dark times. And, you know, that's just one thing that you hit on that I think is really important is that, you know, what is so in inconsequential. Yeah, in, yeah. To call somebody for an hour, half hour, 20 minutes, it really does mean a lot to somebody who's going through some dark times and to well, help that, pull me out of that. Especially if they're bedridden and they're busted up yeah. and they can't get, you know, they can't, they can't function and they're, they're just staring at those four walls, then maybe just a, a stupid phone call right. from one of your buddies who, you know is joking around or just checking in or whatever. I mean, that's a, that's a bright spot in a long oh, day. It's huge. And when you would say to me, I remember, I will talk to you tomorrow night. Even I was when making I, an appointment. Yeah. And, yeah. And so that the dark times and the dark thoughts I would have, 
I'd be like, oh, I can't do that because i got to talk to Mark tomorrow night. And that's what I was hoping for. I, I, I hope you wouldn't let me down. No, no, and you're that absolutely. kind of friend. So even if you kind of, you know, check out on yourself a little bit, I knew that you wouldn't check sure. out without talking to me. And, absolutely. And, you know, the best time to learn anything is when you're teaching somebody something. Yeah. And so if you've gone through some of this stuff with experience, I can tell you it's the best thing that you can do in your life. You know, we have lots of veterans that are out there and the, the, the hashtag 22 program that, uh, you know, 22 veterans kill themselves every single day. And, uh, we have, uh, our brothers and sisters in law enforcement and other people that are in high stress situations. And, you know, a lot of times that loneliness is gripping to where if somebody would have just called them up on that one specific day, maybe the outcome would have been different. Absolutely. And I, Challenge all the people that watch your podcast. Let that be you to reach out to someone. And just call them. Yeah. And you might find out, hey, maybe I better call them tomorrow because, you know, maybe they need it. Right, right. I mean, Scott doesn't call me anymore. Now he's all <laughs> I'm over healed it. up and he doesn't need me anymore. So it's hard to get a call in. I get a lot of voicemails from him. But, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of happy that he's a free bird and he doesn't need to talk to me every night. But uh, I'm joking, of course. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, one of those late night talks that we had, we talked about, you know, what do you think happens to us? Why are we here? And uh, for several reasons and people that I've talked to in my life experiences over time, the reason that we're here is the creator or God or whoever, whatever you want to call the person that's in control of all of this thing that we're doing needs us to create love energy. And that's why we're here. That's the reason we're here. And that's why bad things happen. Because as we create this love energy, there needs to be friction. There needs to be traction. So if nobody ever falls down, nobody can ever be picked up. So so unfortunately, those bad things need to happen so that the good love energy production thing happens. And in your case, Scott, you got hit by a truck. And then that created this cataclysmic events of people helping you and encouraging you. And you were the catalyst for that love energy. And I believe that's why in most religions, it's very frowned upon to commit suicide And the reason for that is because when somebody's dying, they become a massive engine that's creating all of this love energy that's going where it needs to go. And it's about don't end that suffering because somebody needs to help you. It's for somebody else. They need to pick you up and they need to help you. And uh, that is my version of the reason of why we're here And the other, the flip side of that version for me to kind of understand some of the negative things that happen, we need to have that happen. But one of the things that happens in my belief is you've got a multi, multi, multi layered universe that millions and millions of lives are going on all at the same time. And they're all the same lives. So everyone that's listening to this radio show is going to be me at one point. Your soul is going to get dropped into my body and my circumstances. And what you do with your soul inside those circumstances is going to make the difference 
of what life that Mark Hope is going to have in that universe. For instance, if Helen Keller gets dropped into Adolf Hitler's body, things are going to be different because that soul and that treatment of all of those opportunities and struggles in life, Adolf Hitler becomes the kindest, most gentlest person in the history of man because of that other soul, that more experienced soul that's inside of that same set of circumstances. So I believe we have intuition. Why are people kind? Well, they've been there before, you know, and they've experienced the bad part of it and they they make a change in those physical surroundings. So wherever you are, you're important. You're important to be making Jack the Ripper a kind, loving type of person that doesn't go around killing people because your soul is injected into that particular circumstances and you get to do them all. Every single person gets to do every single soul thing that there is. So that's why we have to have humility and we have to have understanding of our fellow man because guess what? In the next iteration, maybe I'm going to be Scott And maybe I'm going to get hit by a truck and maybe I'm going to really need some guy to call me on the phone and some guy to come and talk to my daughter and say, hey, don't worry about your dad. I'm going to be here if you need me. I want you to call me. I'm going to be your second dad and nothing bad's ever going to happen to you and don't worry about it. And that's the, the, the freedom of choice that we have. And you know, a lot of, a lot of people talk about that, you know, freedom of choice that we have in life. And that's why it's so beautiful. Well, that's true. You're sold learning. And if we choose those positive gateways, right. Then all of a sudden positive karma comes back on us and that's a shifting too. Right. And so you're either playing for the negative side or you're playing for the positive side. And, you know, I don't think when, you know, when we cross that ethereal plane, I think we're all knowing for a second and then we're on to the next job. Right. And everybody's going to know, oh, you did that. Oh, you were Donald Trump this time. Oh, my <laughs> God. What I had to do when I was doing that, that was crazy. And then we all know and then we go back into it. And it's a huge training thing. And that's why it never ends and it never begins, you know. And so that's that's my solid belief that I run my life on. And that's why I try to have a positive impact on people's day every day. Right. Because I could be I could be talking to my future self or I could be, you know, that cranky old lady that you see in the in the store is your beautiful granddaughter in a different iteration. And, you know, would you yell at your at your granddaughter because she was dirty or smelly and needed help and shun her? You might think about that a little little differently if, if you said, you know, every person I know is inside this person that's struggling. And and maybe I I better pay a little bit better attention because it's not just some rando person. It's all of us. And I might get locked up in the nut hospital for that, but that is my that is my <laughs> maybe belief. You think that's hard to follow. Do it on prescription narcotics. <laughs> that is my belief. And I went over with Scott at oh, length, of course. and uh, you know, we, we we got through and those are really special times for me too, Scott. Yeah, those those were you know, after after a little while of doing that, I really did feel like I was doing a good thing. I, I really felt like I was helping a good guy that was in a in a really bad situation, no fault of his own. And, right. And, you know, and, uh, it's brought us closer as friends. Absolutely. It's made up uh, both of us more positive. And, you know, 
I don't care if everybody knows, we still talk every night almost. And, right. and those are just conversations uh, because you're so positive, because I try to be positive that um, it's conversations I look forward to almost. Every Absolutely. Night. Absolutely. Well, um, I can't think of a better way to end the show. Scott, I, I, thanks for your time I mean, oh, absolutely. Your, and your story. I know it's, I don't know, it's a, maybe a difficult story to tell. Sometimes. But, yeah, yeah. But thank you very much. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I guess, you know, one message I'd like to say is, you know, I know you guys talk a lot about a business stuff because I watch, we do. I we watch do. your podcast and stuff. This, this is a little unusual, but, you know, uh, for those businesses, especially the smaller businesses and things that, you know, have a tough time some days and struggling that, you know, Surround yourself with positivity, and I, I assure you that things will start looking up. And we're about helping people on this Absolutely. show. That is, that's what we do, and a lot of times we help people in their businesses, and that, you know, that's a big gig that we do. Um, but you know, we're very, we're very interested in people and their struggles, sure. and and you know, this whole segment for me is just a call to what's important in life. Yeah. And if you've got a good friend and you're talking to them and uh, you're visiting and you're kind of taking care of each other. You know, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's a pretty good life. And maybe that doesn't cost a lot of money. And a lot of people maybe should think about that. I mean, you don't always have to be at the most expensive resort to be that's living right. your best life. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be that big a deal. You just get together and, and enjoy your. Well, we, we talk about happiness in any circumstance a lot on this show. You've heard it. Before. Yeah, of course. You know, like you said, you know, not being at the the highest end resort, but being happy where you are. Absolutely. And with your circumstance, that's that's positive. It's a big deal. Yeah. And we were going to have a call in from Jeff Meyer at uh, Action Computers, letting us know that they're having a great big sale down there at the store, and they've got all kinds of computers that are marked down. And as soon as they put them up, they knock them right back down again. There's apples. There's there's. Uh, uh, tablets. There's all kinds of computers for people to do their schoolwork and run their businesses on. And Action is a huge sponsor of the Mark Hope Show. And we really, really appreciate them. They're the fastest, best service center in town. We're also sponsored by MarketingHope.com. If you need help with your small business, um, we'll have links to all those people and their services in the show notes. And um, I have a very, very great guests lined up next week and uh she has overcome a bunch of adversity as well and you guys are going to want to tune into that show so if nobody's told you that they love you today i love you and there isn't a damn thing you can do about it <laughs>